For the ones who know that a little late is always too late, and that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, and our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com/keepstock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Me, 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 but also you. <laughs> the Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is "Get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive." Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus. The bulbous walrus. The name your price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Fantasy Golf Degenerates Podcast. <laughs> What is going on, DGen Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this week for the Rocket Mortgage Classic. As usual, we are sponsored by Drafts.com. Go ahead and join Drafts.com right now using promo code DGen and get a free $3 ticket for attorney of your choice when you make a minimum deposit of $10. If you crush your season-long NFL league with a snake draft, this site is for you. Once again, huge best ball contests. On draft.com, million dollar first prize for football, uh, big uh, tournaments for golf, baseball, any sport that you like, it's on there. So go ahead and check it out. I'm here, as usual, with my partner in crime, Tyler Tambaline. Tyler, how you doing this week? I'm doing good, Kenny. Excited to get back on here with you. I was in a little bit of a lull going into today, thinking about this tournament, and then I knew I was getting on here with you tonight, and I got excited again, buddy. Yeah, uh, I mean, I'm pumped, but man, I mean, like, these are the type of weeks where I just want like a week off. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So I, bad. Like, I, I, you know, we 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 have all these big, huge tournaments going, going, and then we got this one this week and uh, next week. I don't know how big the the the, the uh, how good the field is, but you know, it's it's these grind. It is a grind. That's what the DFS is, especially for what we do each and every week, trying to give out content. It's definitely a grind. It's definitely a job. Uh, but you know. Uh, it's a job that I enjoy 99% of the time. So there we go. You know what I think so, it was? I think it was, and we're going to get into it, but I think it was the way it ended yesterday. Like, it's not like we had a great situation. You know, you got Zach Suker and Keegan Bradley chasing down Ches Reeve or trying to. Like, it, it wasn't that thrilling. And then you get the turnover into this event, and you're just like, oh. So I don't know. Hopefully some sparks fly this week, and I hope they and I hope they do. But, um, yeah, I don't know. What, what was? What are you saying? What do you think of this tournament yesterday? I mean, the tournament yesterday, I mean, Chess Beavy, you know, he's been close to a win for a couple of years now. Uh, ball striking has been unbelievable for him. His game has, has been better these last two years, and we've seen it with, like, the runner-up at in Phoenix, and then finally this win, a bunch of top tens. He's been in contention before. And, and you know, it, you sort of saw this coming. I mean, it was about time. I mean, he deserved to get a win. He got his win. Good for him. Uh, I think the course played to his advantage because – you know, the first couple of days, the course was soft, and I was really surprised at how well the uh, course superintendent got the course to play on the weekend, how much firmer the course got, um, how much uh, more tough uh, the course got. I mean, su- Saturday you had a bunch of wind, so that helped, and it dried out the course. I mean, it was pretty tough playing um, on Sunday, except for a few people. Uh, and But, I mean, one thing about it, Keegan Bradley made it close, got within one stroke going into 17. So, I mean, it wasn't like it was over. And then, um, you know, he, he he doubled that hole. 
typical Keegan fashion right there. And I saw a tweet earlier from uh, Ben Coley. If you don't follow him, you should. It's at Ben Coley Golf, writes for the Sporting Life, uh, works across the pond. Really, really solid guy. Uh, Lots of good info in his article and a great Twitter read. He said that, you know, if Keegan could just putt, he'd probably be one of the best players in the world. And Mm -hmm. I sort of agree. I mean, this guy is so good tee to green, and he's so bad at putting. Like, when he puts average, top 25 easy. When he puts well, like you saw yesterday, like you saw when he won the BMW last year, um, he wins or he comes close. You know, I mean, that's just the way it is. If he was anyway, if he was just an average putter, this guy would make it to the Ryder Cup team every year, and he's played in a couple Ryder Cups. Um, and, and he would he would just he would just be a great golfer. We'd see him on the leaderboard every week, but you just never know. When it comes to Keegan, and I think when it comes to DFS strategy wise, golfers like Keegan, golfers like Benny on golfers like Emiliano Grillo, they're worth playing uh, just because you never know when they get these putting days that they weeks that they have. And like you saw it with Keegan, when they putt well, they're going to win. Uh, now, Benny on and Grillo, uh, you know, Ben hasn't had a win on tour. Grillo won his first event, so you know it's been a while or never for those two. But those are that, those are the type of golfers who consistently strike the ball well off the tee and on approaches where you know you get them around seven thousand to nine thousand uh, dollars on a given week in DFS. You know it's worth putting a flyer out for these guys because you never know when that putter is going to come through, and it did for Keegan. But good for Cheth. He deserved the win. Zach Zucker changed his life last week. I don't know if you guys know too much about this guy, but this guy's a grinder. You know, he's not young. I think he's like 32, 33. He's been trying to make it as a pro for, you know, for the last decade or so. And, you know, he's been struggling financially because golf is not cheap. You know, to play all these rounds, you know, in mini tours, all that stuff, you got to pay to play. You know what I'm saying? So, I, you know, he, had, he's, he was talking about yesterday how he had, you know, credit card debt, didn't know how much more longer he can do this, and he gets a $667,000 paycheck. Uh, so pretty life-changing for Zach Zucker. A really, really nice uh, story for him. Uh, what did you think of the event? I got to tell you a quick funny story. Um, this is funny. My, so my parents are in town from Nova Scotia, and they're, they're here to visit. My dad's here, and he's just got into golf this year. Because of me, right? He, like, I think he even listened to the pod a little bit. And, I'm, and he's getting excited about his son doing a little thing here and there and winning some money. And so he's getting into golf. And he's standing there with me yesterday behind the couch. And he's like, who's this Keegan Bradley guy? And I'm like, oh, just just wait for it. He's like, no, he's dialed in, man. Like, he's really got it going down the stretch. He's coming for this Chez guy. And I'm like, oh, you'll see. It'll take one hole, Dad. He'll, he'll put it in the water or something will come. Just trust me. It's a running joke on the pod. Everybody in the industry knows it. Just wait for it. And then sure enough, on 17, into the bunker, over the green, the chip was terrible. The putt didn't drop. And he goes, geez, he blew that one, didn't he? I said, you have no idea. But it, it was a good tournament, like I said, from that sense to watch it. Um, I, I faded Keegan last week, talked about it. Like you said, it's one of those things where you kind of got to play them when they're at that price, I guess, because they can go off any week at any time. So you should always have a few shares. Like too many other guys, I had a lot of Chez. I, I loved going back to Chez at that price. Um, didn't think as many people would. The Sucre story was very good. Um, you know, he's, he had a, a second on the web a few weeks ago. The original is, you know, coming back from injury, so it's been tough on him. But I actually played him at the Valero when he was super cheap, just getting back from injury because he can put some points up. And I don't know. I don't think anyone will be on him this week. We'll talk about that after. But other than that, like I said at the top of the show, the, the, the field sort of made it. Um, good going in where we were like, oh, we got a good field at the Travelers for once. It seems stronger than ever. This is going to be awesome. And then the the letdown of the downfall was on Sunday when, like I said, what you were watching come home. And even on the weekend, you know, it was what? Um, Burgoon, Ryder, guys like this leading up. All the all the big guns didn't really show up till Sunday when Casey, DeChambeau, those sort of guys start having some good rounds in there to, to fly up the board. But other than that, it wasn't uh, – the most exciting tournament I've ever watched, but good for Chez, right? Chez has been grinding. And, and the cool story with him was uh, I read on the weekend, he, he was talking about playing with Brooks in the, in the next to last group or whatever, and how it rubbed off on him. And he, and he played a previous practice round that Tuesday with him and said, it was crazy that the Brooks demeanor didn't change a bit. 
from Tuesday to Sunday with all that on the line. And he just went to work and he's like, I took that away. And sure enough, look at him. He pulled away and man, he made a couple of nice shots down the stretch uh, where, you know, he went right over the water and just dropped in there. Really aggressive approach shots after the first nine. I kind of like what he did with the strategy. Uh, it was almost like he realized, you know, starting the day with six strokes, I'm going to just play conservative and see if anyone can come get me. And then if they do, I'll switch it up and I'll go hard. And then he did, and he landed those shots and nailed them, made the putts when it counted and won. Good for him. Yeah, I think uh, King got a little bit unlucky, missing a couple right by the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, he he was he had like four birdies in the first six holes on the back. He easily could have had five or six. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that would have changed the whole aspect, the final three holes big time. Um, but still, it was a good event. For me personally, it was another winning week. Uh, Cash game cornerstones went four for four. Uh, just looking at my, uh, I went on on and got that little CSV DraftKings history entry Excel sheet or whatever um, from the site, and I looked back at my total winnings and stuff for this year. So I'll go ahead and give a rundown. I I, tw- I did this on Twitter, but I'll go ahead and give you a rundown of how I've done this season overall, just to give you guys a little bit of full disclosure there for you for those who listen week in week out. So total DraftKings entry fees. Uh, this season was $11,737. Uh, total DK winnings this year, plus my current bankroll that I have in my account. And what I usually do for my account, uh, my bankroll, is I just keep one week's worth of money in there because it keeps me honest. Like it keeps me from, oh, let me play a few more GPPs. Oh, let me get a couple more lineups in. It keeps me from doing that. And it, it keeps me with my strict bankroll. Uh, so so uh, total DK winnings plus current bankroll, uh, I've won eleven thousand four hundred one dollars and thirty seven cents. So I'm down like three hundred bucks this season. Um, showdown entry fees five hundred seventy two dollars. Showdown winnings nine hundred ninety three dollars. Uh, my cash lineup record in events with a cut, including the Trophy Hassan, that was the Zurich week. So I played cash in Euro that week. I'm sixteen five and one. So it's a seventy five percent winning percentage. Uh, cash lineup record in the last fifteen events with a cut is 12 and three. And the shitty thing is two of those three losses came at the PGA championship in the U S open, you know, the big money weeks, you know, so that sort of sucked Uh cash lineup record in events with no cut. So tournament of champions and WGC Mexico, I'm Oh, and two. Um, and my cash game cornerstone results with an, in events with a cut. So I've had 10, four, four weeks out of 21, uh, 84 total picks, 70 made cuts, which is an 83% uh, made cut percentage. Uh, 10 top ten top fives, which is 12%. 26 top tens, which is 31%. And 41 top 25s, which is 49%. So basically what it comes down to is I've been crushing cash. Um, <laughs> and I did again last week. It was an easy cash week, even though I had Benny on who missed the cut. But I mean, my four cash game cornerstones all made it. Even though Knox and Grillo made me sweat uh, by making the cut on the number and then making the MDF on the number. But then Knox going ham on Sunday really, really helped me. And so, you know, good week. Uh, I think I might have to change up my GPP strategy because it's really poor. Like, I think I've only, I think like 70 plus percent of the money I've won this year has come in cash. And and the thing is like 60%, and that's only 40% of my entries, around 40, 42% of my entries. So yeah, really struggling in GPPs. We'll try and get it back done. Um, how'd you do this past weekend, Tambo? It wasn't the greatest week, uh, down a little bit, but um, same same sort of thing. When you fade Keegan like that, all the review didn't matter. It was pretty sick. Like I had some lineups that were four out of six that were better than my six out of six because I actually hit some serious – like I had Sucra in a couple lineups. I had uh, Burgoon. I had a Sucra Burgoon lineup together, but it had Finau and um, – who was the other guy? I forget who else missed for me. Fee, 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 Hoffman? No, Finau Fee, killed me the most. So I really, it's not like, you know, Bubba went off or anything. So I didn't mind that pivot still in the end, but Finau definitely didn't help he went, by not making the cut. So uh, that was no good. And then Fade and Keegan, that was the two big things. It was Lucas Glover was the other guy in that one lineup. So that was one, I had a four to six that had like, uh, it was like my second best lineup out of the 60 that I had in the $44 because it had those two scores at $6,200, just trying to get a little bit crazy. But one of these weeks that'll go, right? And when that happens, you end up just scooping the whole thing by a long shot. So um, still got faith in the process. Everything this year has been pretty good so far. Just going to wait and see what happens. This week, like I said, I kinda, I'm not as excited for the event, but I'm hoping some people sort of take it lightly or take a, a week off and maybe get some some upside built into it that way, You know, get a little bit of edge in there. Yeah, I wouldn't hate playing less than normal. 
this week because right. there's so many unknowns. Uh, uh, you know, this course, who knows how it's going to play. I mean, I've heard different opinions where the winning score would be minus 20 to minus 24, and I've heard minus 15. I've heard people thinking the cut's going to be minus four. I have people thinking the cut's going to be plus one. I mean, it, it, yeah. there's a lot of information out there, and I don't know who's right. Um, so, But we'll, we'll see how it goes this week. Now, the funny thing is usually when I play less, I end up having a great week. So I, I, it's just a weird how that goes. All right, so let's get let's go look at last week's listener league lineup. The winner with fourth and goal, five hundred forty three point five points. Uh, he had Jason Day, who finished eighth, was eleven point five percent owned. He had Brant Snedeker, who finished forty third, who was five percent owned. Uh, Ches Reevy, he had the winner, thirteen point five percent owned. Um, and then he had Kevin Streelman, who was sixteen point five percent owned, finishing fifteenth. Uh, Brian Harmon, who had a nice a nice week. Oh, man, I just lost it. Brian Harmon had a nice week. And hold on, I just lost it. All right, so Brian Harmon finished eighth. Uh, he was 2% owned. And Kevin Tway, who was finished fifth and who was 5.5% owned. What did you think of the lineup there, Tambo? Very solid. Fourth and goal. Gup's corner member, man, in the slack. Cool guy. Um, always doing well. And this lineup was solid. I think it was, uh, he went with a really, you know, sort of Jason Day, which was unique up top, then balanced it in the middle. Uh, but he got ahead of the curve on guys like Toy and Harmon, who are now priced up this week. They did solid for him. It came down to scoring. And again, with that ownership, he just had it quite a bit balanced 16 and a half, 13 and a half, 11 and a half, and then three short, you know, at, at two, five, and five and a half. So um, a lot of people were scared to go back to Snedeker. I think that was one of the plays that sort of, snuck in there for him with him getting the 43rd he could have done a little different but the whole lineup overall did well and he crushed second place 543 and a half to 527 so good on him and we'll see him in the three men this week yeah we'll see fourth and goal in the three man uh i've been having a little bit of a run on the three man i think i've won like three or four weeks in a row because i've started actually using my cash lineup yeah <laughs> in in the in the three man, so that's probably what I should have been doing all year, uh, because the cash lineup's always been strong. All right, so let's <laughs> get to know. this week. Yeah, cash lineup's always been strong. All right, so let's get to this week. The PGA Tour heads to Detroit, Michigan, for the Rocket Mortgage Classic from Detroit Golf Club. Detroit Golf Club was designed by Donald Ross, and as the you know, uh, you know, as usual for uh, a Donald Ross course. It has it's a tree-lined fairways, numerous fairway bunkers in the landing zones off the tee, undulating fairways and greens, and an even blend of long and shorter holes. The course is 7,300-plus yards, uh, is a 7,300-plus yard 70, par 72 with four par threes and four par fives. Two of the par fives are around the 550-yard range and should be reached in two by most golfers that hit the fairways off the tee. The par 517th is a bit longer at 577 yards, but still should be reachable in two with a strong drive. The par 5 fourth hole is well over 600 yards and will probably be a three-shot hole for most. Uh, two of the par 3s are on the shorter side and two are well over 200 yards. There are also four par 4s under 400 yards, two between 400 and 450 yards, and four right around the 450-yard mark. With four par fives and several longer par fours, I'd expect to see driver pulled out on probably around eight holes uh, by the majority, by a good amount of golfers this week. So off the tee, golfers will see many straight holes. You know, Donald Ross, he doesn't do too many dogways. With slightly below average fairway widths, fairway bunkers, and 3.5-inch rough if the golfers miss. The fairways have a bit of undulation on them, so many approaches will come with awkward stances. This is a typical sight you see at Donald Ross courses. Now, on approach shots, golfers will see less than average size green, just barely less than average. I think it's like 5,100 square feet, 5,200 square feet, something like that, uh, with bunkers surrounding most of them. The greens slope heavily from back to front, which is another Ross staple, uh, with a stip meter rating of around 12.5. The POA uh, it's, it's majority POA, but it's got a little bit of bent in it. Uh, those those greens have heavy undulation, so it could be a tough putting week for some, depending on how difficult they make the pin locations. And as of now, the weather looks pretty good uh, leading up to it. I don't think you see any rain uh, in the forecast except for maybe today, but it should be able to dry out by the time the course starts. What stats are you looking for, Tampa? Still going to stick to ball strikers. I, I still think there's, you know, 
fair enough reason to be in the fairway here and get it that way. And then obviously on approach, uh, a main look. I saw the same thing you saw as far as scores. I know it's all over the map, but tend to think like a first time course. I know um, I was talking to someone today, I forget who it was, that said like Trinity Forest the first time around. Now I know it didn't get the wind, but first time course, oh, what was it like minus 22 that Wise won it with? So uh, it reminds me kind of, of of a new course coming out where they're going to want to have some scoring, going to want to get the event rolling. Uh, like you said, the weather doesn't seem to be a big factor yet. So uh, big on birdies are better, big on DK points, uh, all the scoring wedges. So I'm going to look mainly at 125 to 150. If the rain creeps up and I think there's not going to be as much rollout, um, then I'll drop it, you know, to go something like 150 to 175. Uh, and then I'll still bring par five scoring into play here since we get back to the regular par five sets. And, and I think it's like a 40% birdie or better rate uh, on the par fives here. What else do you got, Kenny? I mean, the thing about this course is, you know, it's the first time they're playing on it. The guys want the good golfers to come back and play. I don't think they're going to make this like the craziest, hardest course it could be. You know, they want people to come back. They right. want a better, you know, field next year. So I, I tend to agree with that take. But, I mean, who really knows? We're just taking educated guesses here. Uh, right. So, they, you know, that's that's the, that's the issue of this week. And that's why thinking maybe you go light this week would be a good thing. I think one other thing you can do this week is since we don't know much about the course, you know, so many people are going to be just judging based on form and stats and stuff like that. This could be the week to go ultra contrarian. Just wait until Wednesday night to make your lineups and check out the ownership projections, um, specifically from gupscorner.com. Now, go, go to gupscorner.com, use promo code DGEN10. Get yourself 10% off uh, a subscription, either monthly or annually. And an annual subscription is throughout the whole next 365 days. Uh, they have really good stuff there. Uh, Gup is incredibly sharp. Tambo writes an article for them every week. Bucks has probably one of the best course description articles out there. Uh, Ruby has his picks every week as well. They go deep dive into betting. They go deep dive into DFS. They got all the tools. They got a, a, a lineup gen generator you know they got all the tools you need a great community the slack chat is unbelievable there's really some sharp dudes on that slack chat so use promo code dgen10 and get yourself on gupscorner.com and so you know what i would do is i would this could be the week where since we don't know that much about the course we don't really know what's going to happen and so you know people are going to sort of gravitate to specific golfers you know guys who are playing well guys whose stats sort of line up and yeah that's all well and good but the thing about it is on a course with a lot of history when you look at those guys and you look at all the trends and stuff i mean more often than not they come to fruition the the, you know of course you're going to have some chalky guys miss the cut but you know you have more info and so those guys that you roster that are chalky it has more merit for them to be chalky uh, in this type of an event where it's the first time playing, you don't really know what's going to happen. If you're playing GPPs, this could be the week to just go contrarian. Go for those guys in the 9K range, in the 8K range that will be single-digit owned, you know, that are still top top 25 golfers in the field, uh, but be lower ownership. And I think that's a way to go for GPPs this week. And, you know, a lot of people play GPPs that way every week and they succeed. So I think that that would be a decent strategy to have uh, this week. Any type of strategic things to talk about before we head on to these players? I, I think you hit it and it's going to happen as soon as we get into the first tier. But um, the biggest thing is with the betting market and, and it doesn't always tell the true story as we know. But, uh, you know, if you if you follow it, you, you know, you get a little bit of a sense of where guys are at. And if you look at the top of the board this week with DJ, not just DFS, obviously in the betting market, it's like six or seven to one. After that is Fowler, Woodland, Matsuyama, Reeve, Snedeker, Reed, like, this field is not that good. Uh, no. Those guys are all great golfers. I'm just saying, DJ is definitely head and shoulders. If DJ wants to show up and pop another win under his belt and get to 21 or whatever, then then why not? Um, so one way to do it is go very heavy on DJ, which everyone will be on, I'm sure, and then differentiate with all the other guys you can in those, in those lower ownerships as you talked about. Yeah, I, I, let's, let's go to this top range. We have Hideki Matsuyama all the way up to Dustin Johnson. Uh, the thing about it is if you roster Dustin Johnson, you probably can't roster any other golfer in the 10K range uh, in the same lineup. It, it's going to be really, really difficult to do because the bottom part of this tournament is 
really poor. Uh, you know, I mean, these guys are good. Don't get me wrong. They play on the PGA Tour. But, you know, when, in the grand scheme of things, they aren't the best golfers. Can they pop? Of course they can. We've seen it before. Look at Zach Sucher last week. Uh, but trying to pinpoint those guys is really, really difficult. Uh, probably the most difficult thing in golf DFS is trying to find those 6K guys that are going to pop. Um, and so if you rely on that too much, you know, over and over again, you know, it, the odds probably won't be in your favor. So, you know, for me, I, I'm going to eat the, this is the one chalk that I'm going to eat. I'm going to eat the Hideki chalk because he's playing so well. And I do think that 10,200 price is very, very cheap for Hideki for the way he's playing for the way his stats line up. Uh, again, he could be the highest known golfer. So again, if you want to go with what I was saying earlier and be contrarian, well, you know, maybe you, you, you go against him, but who do you pick outside of him? Snedeker, Harivi. I don't know. I don't know about them. Woodland though. He intrigues me a little bit. Uh, that he, you know, he has that big win, the U.S. Open win, and a lot of guys after a win like that, you see their game sort of go down. Uh, for the next, you know, few few events, and they're still riding that high. I think Woodland's not that type of golfer. Uh, just the way that you know what's happened in his personal life and the strategies and stuff, and the loss of a child, and then all the triumphs he's had recently with you know having uh his wife pregnant with twins again. Family is great now. Um going out there winning the U.S. Open, I don't think he'll have a letdown. I think, if anything, that U.S. Open win is just going to get him to new heights. I think we see Gary in contention a lot more from now on, especially in big tournaments, and I like him this week. So I'm going to play Hideki and Woodland. Uh, I don't know about Dustin Johnson. Uh, now, I know someone said that. I, I think he, he hasn't lost strokes playing in, th- in like three straight events in like a very, very long time. Like just looking back, uh, it's been since like 2017 since he lost three strokes, uh, since he lost putting in, in, in three straight events. But man, that putter just looked awful at the U.S. Open. Uh, you know, he's had, you know, in his last five events, a couple of runner-ups, but then a 28th, 20th, and 35th. Now, which DJ is going to show up? I mean, of course, he can come out and pound the field, like you said, but I am not sure, especially when it comes to roster construction about him, if I'm going to play him. Not not really settled on that decision yet, but I am going to play Hideki, and I am going to play Gary Woodland. Who do you like? Uh, I'm hoping you're the public speaking because, damn, I can't imagine being off DJ here. I, I don't really care. He, you know, Pebble's been a little bit of his kryptonite in the past, too. So the fact that the U.S. Open was at Pebble this year, I don't know if that's why his putter was that bad. But he, even the one before when he lost at the RBC Canadian Open, it, he lost around the green as well. And it was only a small amount with the putter. It wasn't like he was way off. He just wasn't a good week. But before that, a run of, of tournaments that he just went off besides – Again, the Sunday at RBC Heritage, which I'll also write off because there was already a lot of stats coming in based on the guys that go deep in the Masters, almost had a chance to make a birdie at the Masters and tie it up and would have ended up in a playoff with Tiger. Doesn't get there, has three great rounds on a short week, basically, if you'd count you know, the Masters as almost as an extra day considering the, the mental strain. And then whatever, right off that Sunday. So to me, DJ's fine. I'm going to be all over DJ. I'll be open about that right now. Um, Don't care what it does to my roster. I'm going to force him in if I have to because I think uh, the upside, like I said, even when you use the betting board, I just don't see anybody else coming close. Love Hideki as well. Here's what I'll say about Hideki. Him and Fowler are flipped this week. So remember a few weeks ago or a few tournaments ago when I said I wouldn't play Hideki at like 11-6 or whatever it was because he always comes top 30th? That's exactly how I feel about Fowler this week, right? When, when does Fowler ever do anything? He won the waste management after the, you know, rockiest ride ever on that Sunday just to fend boys off. Um, and, and it is what it is. That's fine. But, you know, what you mentioned is actually my first T3PO of the week. And, and it's going to be, I think Fowler still gets love because the Rocket Mortgage, you know, the sponsored guy, he always gets a little bit of extra. He always gets a boost in ownership no matter what you think it's going to be. It's because people just like playing Fowler. I think as the week goes like the new Phil. Yeah, of it's course. Like and, and I know yeah. his price yeah. is high, but I think as the week goes on, you'll get some people that'll say, oh, you know what? If DJ is going to be 40%, and it's just funny how ownership changes everything, right? Well, I thought DJ was only going to be 25, but if he's going to be 40 now, though, I'm going to you know, get a little contrarian. I'm going to put some Fowler in there. Okay. And I understand that from a game theory perspective. I'm just saying I don't think they're even close to the same golfer regardless, but I love Woodland. Uh, I still got Woodland marked. I'm going to do Woodland over Fowler. I'm probably going to have zero Fowler. 
uh, on the week. And with Woodland, the thing about it is, like you said, you took the words out of my mouth and everything you mentioned as far as the tragedies, the overcome, uh, you know, overcoming of all that that stuff, and then to get the major. But right now, he's sandwiched in between two guys that can't get it done in a major in Matsuyama and Fowler that want it bad. And he's got the same amount of majors as the guy at the top for 12,000. So I'm not saying he's DJ, but he did just fend off Brooks, even with that big Brooks comeback, Gary down the stretch, the chip on 17, you know, the, the shots even out of the rough when he could have just laid it up and play it safe. He, the, the birdie when he didn't even need it on 18, like guys got balls. And we know that we've been calling it all year. We, it paid off for us. And now look at him here at 10-9. I don't mind that a little bit in tournaments. So I, I like three out of the four. Normally I don't go that aggressive, but I will say this is a week where it's funny. You say, you know, Matsuyama all the way up to DJ. There's only four guys above 10K this week in this field that's not this strong. So I, I don't mind playing three out of the four here and then differentiating myself down there. And we'll get to that when I skip over ranges and guys. Um, who, do you, who do you like in the next range, I guess? One thing about DJ, though, the reason why he hasn't been playing his best golf here recently, outside of the putter, uh, you know, his wedge game is, hasn't been the best here in the last month or so, uh, in the last few tournaments he's played. I mean, and he hasn't been hanging as many fairways as he normally does as well. Uh, now, he's been playing courses that are a lot tougher than probably most of these guys that are in this field. But, I mean, you look, he's 95th in fairways gained in this field in the last 12 rounds, 93rd in proximity from 150 to 175 yards in this field in the last 12 rounds. I do think that that's going to be a good target. Uh, I think there's going to be a lot of uh, approaches from 150 to 175 this week. Uh, There'll be uh, quite a few from outside of 200-plus as well. If you look at the four par fives, and two par threes playing over 200 yards. So those are two of the proximity ranges that I'll be looking at heavily. And he hasn't been great in either one. So, I mean, but it's DJ. You know, he, he could turn the Jets on. Uh, I've still not decided if I'm going to play him. But let's move yeah, on. To the, the, pro- the problem with 12 does not to stay on it, but the problem with 12 is it includes Pebble in the Canadian Open. But if you even if you just stretch it to 24, he's like second in par five scoring, uh, third in 125 to 150, so scoring wedges third in greens and reg, third in approach. Like he's still dialed if you go to 24 rounds and just get a little bit more sample in there. So uh, again, it's all subjective because these rounds that we bring in and these models. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man. That's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry. I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus. The Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool. Only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. ...and popping and whatever you want to call it. It's still DJ in a field that's not that strong. So I'm good to roll with them. Yeah, just to let everyone know, I'm getting those ranks from Fantasy National uh, golf club. If you haven't, yeah. if you're not a member of that, I don't understand why you're not a member. <laughs> you should be. It, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's really, really a great site. So make sure you get on fantasynational.com. All right. So uh, let's move on to this 9K range. I'm going to go with my first cash game, Cornerstone. And for cash this week, I had trouble building, trying to build lineups, trying to figure out. Like I thought about going Hideki, uh, but as my as my first cash game, Cornerstone. But I decided against that because I'm going to stick to my my plan. My routine, you know, no one over 10K in cash, no matter the tournament. And it's, I mean, I, you've heard my record earlier uh, in the pod. I'm doing pretty well. So I'm going to keep that going. And this week I'm actually going even more balanced because once you get below like $7,500, the options for cash are very, very, very slim. So the way I'm going about cash this weekend, my first cash game cornerstone is going to be Billy Horschel. At $9,000. He's going to be my highest price guy in cash. Uh, his iron game has been strong. He's been really good tee to green. He's been hitting a bunch of greens here lately. Um, really solid off the tee as well. And I think people aren't really saying it too much, but I'll be looking at strokes gain off the tee uh, this week because I do think they are going to pull out driver uh, on 
you know, uh, close to half of the holes, you know, maybe a third to a half of the holes uh, this week. So uh, I do like Billy Horschel. Um, hey, he's going to be my cash, my first cash game cornerstone. He's going to be my only cash game cornerstone above $9,000 this week. Other guys I do like in this range, I'll play Ryan Moore in GPPs. Uh, he's been playing solid. He had a really nice Sunday round this past week. Uh, if I if I remember correctly, he's actually like top uh, top 20 in um, – Top 15 in DraftKings points uh, in on Donald Ross courses. And it's not like he has a small sample size. He has actually one of the largest sample sizes here in this field. He's played 26 rounds on Donald Ross courses in his career. And he's averaging 20 DK points per round uh, in those 26 rounds. So, you know, 80, 80 points around is what he's averaging when he finishes the tournament there. So I do like um, – I do like uh, – Ryan Moore, and I'm going to go Snedeker at 9,900. I think he that's going to be the one play where I was talking about earlier where you look at contrarian plays. Uh, with Hideki, I think, garnering so much ownership, I think Sneds will be overlooked. And really, um, he's been hitting a lot of greens. His iron play has been pretty damn good here recently. I know he sort of faltered a little bit uh, at the U.S. Open when everyone owned him big. Uh, but outside of that, you know, his iron play has been really solid, gaining uh, green and re- gaining uh, green and regulation on the field, uh, the last three out of those four events, not including, uh, including you know, the one he didn't get was the U.S. Open. So I think he could be a sneaky play. And again, we're on Poa. He's usually good on that, even though he's, he hasn't been the best here recently. Uh, but I, I like Seneca at possible single-digit ownership here uh, at $9,900. Who do you like? I actually like uh, the guy just below him. Um... You know that uh, I think it could still be sneaky because people don't always people never like to play a winner twice, right? There's no way he can yeah. win again. And I know he's, you know, price went up, but Ches Reeve still man. This guy has been solid not just last week, like we said, we've been talking about it forever. So uh, I'm fine with him. All, all the stats still line up. I, I think you know it's definitely life changing. You know because he hasn't won in ten years or whatever. But this guy's a grinder, right? He's not just going to show up here and bomb it away. I don't think. And I know it's a little bit expensive, but that'll make it a little more contrarian. Uh, over someone like Moore or Reed or those sort of guys. Yeah, I do like Moore, who you mentioned, uh, mainly due to the, the scoring aspect. So birdies are better, DK points. He also put together a pretty nice Sunday. It was really just Saturday that held him back this past weekend. Uh, and then you mentioned the Donald Ross course history, or you know corollary course history, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I, I think he's solid for 9,500. Uh, and then the last guy you mentioned is one of your cash game cornerstones. Really like Billy Horschel. Uh, I think he's sort of like last week the you know, the $9,000 guy when there's a, you know, 3000 less than the top guy. And I do think he could contend. And if you look at the betting market for him too, he's like 33 to one. So, um, I still think he's got the upside at 9,000 and 3000 less. If you're going to do some balanced builds or even like a DJ Horschel to kick it off, I, I wouldn't hate something like that either. I do think he's got the upside there at 9,000. I do think balanced will be contrarian this week just because of, um, just because of how you take a look at the top guys. I mean, those are the top guys. Like those four guys in the 10K range are leaps and bounds above the other guys in the field talent-wise. And so I think the majority of people are going to gravitate to those four golfers up top starting those lineups. If you start in the 9,000 range and below – I think you're automatically going to be a uh, contrarian. It's going to be different than what the majority of people are going to do when it comes to roster construction this week. And I think it's actually more of a benefit going that way because of how poor uh, the, the guys are under $7,500. Now, of course, you're going to see guys pop from, from the low price ranges. But like I said earlier, it's tough to pinpoint out. So, I, you know, I think going going balanced is the way I'm going to go. I'm going to go half my line of balance. And I think you can still make a good balance lineup with Hideki in there as well, since he's only $10,200. So, you know, starting with Hideki or starting with any guys in the 9K range, you're going to put yourself uh, in that contrarian mode. So maybe that's the way to go. We'll see. I mean, it's the first time we're playing a course. We'll see how it goes. So let's move on to this 8K range. Go ahead, Tambo, and get it started. Yeah, one, one thing, just kick it back real quick to the strategy aspect, because I forgot this earlier, and now we've been getting into the talks here. So if I, if you know, you can bring this down to 10, I'm just going to gonna use 100. But for what I talked about, like for me this week, early thoughts, looking at an aggressive approach, I'll probably have something like 60 DJs that start with him, 20 that start with Matsuyama, 10 that start with um, 
you know, woodland and then maybe 10 balanced or something like that. Right. And, and you can balance yeah. it and do it that way, because I really do think one of these top guys is going to win. And, and that's just me right now. The balance lineup could still get there, though, because we play a scoring game. So I could have all the DJ lineups I want if they're all four out of six is not winning the GPP likely. So um, just the way I think of it. But I, I think that, you know, people will start to feel uncomfortable, as you mentioned, when they get going with those DJ lineups. Uh, and I'll put some DJ Matsuyama lineups in there, actually, because it is what it is. That's what I said. If I get one of those to pop one of these times, it only takes one. And I'm not going to bury a bunch of them. I might do two or three. But if you get the right scrubs in there, quote-unquote scrubs, then it is what it is. The the other thing we forgot to mention at the top is um, the pricing change, right? Like, there's still almost, I think, 80 guys under 7,000. Uh, we saw it last week with Burgoon, Sucra, Ryder, all these guys. Uh, you know, the leaderboard was littered with guys in the 6K range, that it, they they do still get up there. So uh, there is merit to going with these stars and scrubs, even if it does feel a bit uncomfortable. Coming to the AK range, right off the top, I like the guy at 8,900. Neiman uh, had a great Sunday. Uh, overall tournament was solid. I just mean like the I love a guy coming off a hot Sunday. And Sunday pretty much did everything right to finish strong. Now coming into an event again where he's you know 8,900, sort of a fair price in this field for what he's done lately. Uh, does have some of the categories that we're looking for as far as stats are concerned. I, I don't mind him at 8,900. The other guy I like there is Sung J M. Another one, uh, big time from a scoring perspective. Last 24 rounds, he's ninth in birdies or better. Uh, gained ninth in DK points, 12th around the green. The putter has been a little bit better. He does play a lot of golf, but he got that break and then looked all right last week. So um, didn't have a great all-around week, but but he looked better in certain rounds. So I'll, I'll take another flyer on him, and he's priced up a little bit, so I'm not sure if people will go there. Uh, back to the well with Streelman. I think he'll be a bit chalky, but I still like him. He's sort of the stat god. Could have had, uh, could have had something going last week more, but just didn't, and uh, has been good lately. Uh, and then last two guys, uh, I'll save the T3PO for, for a minute, but I'll go back to Victor Hovland. Um, off the tee, he's just been a, a beast off the tee. I think it's something insane, like 14 strokes gained or something. Like, uh, yeah, it's crazy. He, he's so insane stat, off the tee. So in the U.S. Open and last week, yeah. um, he's gained like 14.3 strokes off the tee. The next guy who played both of those events – who gained the most strokes is Abraham Answer with like 7.2. And I'm pissed. So he went through double. today. He went through today, and I want yeah. to play him too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah Hovland, I think. double. Yeah. Uh, I like Hovland too. I, I like Hovland. And, and then the last one I'll give you is my uh, my second T3PO. Already heard a little bit of chatter this morning about people, you know, thinking it's a good idea to hop back on Co-Crack. I like him. I, I liked him last week, but man, I, I like Wise so much more. So my second T3PO, T3PO is going to be Aaron Wise. Over Kokrak, it has nothing to do with the Trinity Forest situation I mentioned earlier. New course, first time out. I mean, that'd be a cool narrative, but it's only one sample size, so that's not it. It's more so the scoring again. Fourth and birdies are better gained. Tenth and DK points. Solid in the 125 to 150, ranked 17th. 11th in the 150 to 75. 20th in par 5. Ninth in greens and reg. And solid ball striking all around. So, I like the wise upside. Kokrak, I like, but... The thing about him is if you look back at that big run in April, it was really steadied by his putter. It seems as though that's gone away and some of the other stuff. And I even talked last week. I felt like it was his last shot to really get it done. If he Keegan's me this week, so be it. But I really do like Wise at 8,200. Who do you got, Kenny? I really like this range a lot. Uh, this is uh, I'm going to play a lot of golfers in this range. I have two of my cash game cornerstones here. My first one's going to be Joaquin Neiman uh, at $8,900. In his last uh, – two of in his last – in two of his last three events, he's gained strokes in every strokes gain category there is. Uh, that's pretty solid work. I mean, that doesn't happen too often. Uh, and he's done it uh, in two of his last three events. So I, I do like Neiman, you know, solid approach game, solid tee to green, solid off the tee. He's really good at short par fours as well. Uh, you know, and there's like four par fours between 350 and 400 yards uh, here. So I do like Joaquin Neiman. I think this could be his week. Uh, I, I, I think I'm going to use him in one and done as well. That's how much I like him this week. I do like Sung J.M., uh, just like you. Streelman is my second, my, my third cash game cornerstone at $8,600. Really, really good run that Kevin Streelman has been having. Like I think he's had something like four or five top 20s in his last six events, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah, so he's had four top 20s, three top sixes in his last six events. Uh, you know, made all six of those cuts. He's been playing really good golf. He's been really good with his approaches, like exceptionally strong with his approaches. <laughs> and so I do like him 
as my second game, set my third cash game cornerstone. But I like a lot of these guys in this range. Uh, I do like your wise take. I'll be playing him. I like Kevin Tway uh, down below, even though the stats don't really line up for him. I like the way his game has been playing. He played well last week. Uh, his putter looked a little bit better uh, than it normally has, especially uh, last week in the final round. So I like that. Maybe he can build confidence going up to this week. I like Duffner. Uh, ball striking has been a lot better than he normally has been when he went through that little bit of a slump. In his last 50 rounds, he's seventh in this field in greens and regulations gained. Uh, so he's another guy, Brian Harmon, another guy whose stats won't paint the whole picture. But again, game looks like it's trending upwards. He was ranked like 20th in the world just a year ago, if I'm not mistaken, like maybe 18 months ago. He was top 25 in the world. He dropped below uh, the top 100, but he got back into the top 100 after his performance last week. Maybe this is his time where his game starts going up and we can catch him before everyone else is on him. Um, but yeah, Hovland, I'm playing a lot of these guys. Uh, I, I'm playing the majority of these guys in this 8K range, which makes me makes for me want makes me want to build more balanced lineups so I can stick in as many of these 8K and above guys in a single lineup as possible. Um, so that's the way I'm, my approach this week. And I'll go let's go into the 7K range and I'll give my final cash game cornerstone. That's another guy who's just been playing out of this world. Vaughn Taylor at $7,600. The guys have just been playing really, really good golf. I think he's missed like uh, one cut in his last nine events or some, something like that. Uh, yeah, one cut in his last uh, nine events. He's been playing really solid, uh, making a whole bunch of cuts. His iron game last week, uh, he went. He was another one who had all of his strokes gained. Uh, you know, he gained strokes in every strokes gained category uh, last week. He's had like three top 20s in his last five events the guys has been playing good golf and the thing is like you know his approach game has been strong but he's also been the best putter in this field in the last 50 rounds uh he's first in strokes game putting in the last 50 rounds good on long approaches from proximity from 200 plus good on long par fours um you know top 20 in birdies a better game top 20 in fairways gained in the last 50 rounds second in proximity from 150 to 175 yards i think he rates out really well for this course so my four cash game cornerstones this week are going to be billy horschel at nine thousand dollars joaquin neiman at eighty nine hundred dollars kevin streelman at $8,600, Vaughn Taylor at $7,600. This leaves you almost $16,000 to finish out the rest of your lineup. So a lot of dough left over. You can basically do whatever the hell you want uh, with the other two guys. So those are going to be my four cash game cornerstones. Uh, now, when it gets to the 7K range, I'm not the biggest fan. That's why I like, I want to roster as many 8K and above golfers as possible. Uh, one guy I'll go jump back on is Benny on. At $7,900, again, like I said, supreme ball striker who just putted like ass all the time. Maybe he can have one of those Keegan Bradley weeks. I'll jump back on him. Uh, Kyle Stanley looks like he's been improving a, a little bit. I'm going to go roster him. Tita Green, he's been getting better. Uh, he's been in a little bit of a slump, but it looks like he's getting out of it here. Uh, I do I gut play. I'll go Luke List. At 7,700, I think he's going to be way under-owned. I don't think he's going to be maybe 6, 7, 8% owned. I don't think many people are going to talk about him. This is purely gut play. But I think off the tee is going to be a big thing this week with all the drivers being hit and the fairways not being exceptionally, you know, wide. Uh, so, you know, I think his length, uh, his birdie or better's gained, uh, his off the tee numbers and his, you know, Balling out on the par fives will be really, really useful. And I do like Luke List this week as sort of like the contrarian, not hopefully contrarian play. Uh, one more guy in the 7,500 and up range. I do like Peter Malnati. Been playing really, really good golf, making a whole bunch of cuts. I think he's maybe missed like two cuts in the last like three, three months or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, he's made like five cuts in a row. Uh, okay, let's see. He's made 10 of his last 11 cuts since February. The guy's been playing consistent golf. I think he's cash-worthy uh, this week as well. Iron play's been solid. He's 14th in strokes gain approach in this field in the last 50 rounds. He's also 11th in strokes gain putting in the last 50 rounds in this field. If you got like that type of combo, you're going to – you're gonna you're gonna have a, a week or two where you pop off, and, and, I, and I'm hoping the way he's been playing, the way his momentum has been carrying him, that this could be the week. So I do like Malnati at seventy five hundred dollars. Who do you like in this top seven K range? 
Yeah, I'll start from the bottom up. Uh, Malnati, just like you said. So I, I like Malnati. I think, first off, one of us is winning all the money this week because you really peppered the shit out of that 8K range, and I had like three guys. But this is the range that I love because I got to be able to drop down. So, I, you know, this is sort of where I got to go right away once I get these DJ lineups going. So, um, you know, Malnati I like, Laird I like, you know, doing a little bit lately. Uh, Malnati for the same reasons you mentioned, Von Taylor you mentioned uh, at the top. So he saw it. I still like Sung Kang. Uh, obviously, you know, win recently, a seventh place recently, not so much last week. But if he gets it going again, really sc- strong scorer, birdies are better, DK points, sneaky par five scorer. Uh, ranked 10th in the last 24 rounds, and he's always a good ball striker. So I like him. Uh, Nick Watney, another guy, maybe a little decent. He's not in my T3POs, but maybe another off of Von Taylor if he's getting all the love. Uh, he's solid on approach, greens and reg, good with those wedges and those irons that we talked about. Um, Kyle Stanley, you mentioned. I, I liked Luke List before you were going to take a flyer on him. He could be, It's between him or Benny Ann, another guy that I like that are for this week's Keegan Bradley. Right, One of them just figures it out and gets it going and, and is awesome in tournaments. So uh, Benny Ann, Luke List, um, Charlie Hoffman even, 7800 bucks. Uh, he's really popping in the models. I'm not sure if he's going to be that way for everybody, but uh, I don't know how many people will actually go there considering all the guys we just mentioned around him. Uh, but he's really strong. Uh, last 24, he's 15th in birdies are better, 16th DK points, first in 125 to 150. 18th in 150 to 175, 11th in greens and reg, 5th in strokes gain approach, and 7th in strokes gain ball striking. Uh, that'll wrap it. Yeah, you're going to get him in low ownership. You're going to get him in low ownership too because of what happened last week as well. you so, got to yeah, think, but, but like I mean, at 7,800, he seems yeah. like just the right price, sort of snuck in between there. So I kind of like him for tournaments as well. Uh, but like, like you see, uh, I'm just peppering this range. Because I have to, right? With all the guys that want to play up top, so yeah. If you're gonna play, if you're gonna play DJ up top, I mean the seven K range, you're gonna have to live and die with it. Yeah, uh, that's just the way it's gonna go. Uh, go ahead and this bottom seven K. Yeah, sure. So um, not not as heavy on it as I, as above, but I got a few guys here. So um, hate to say it, JJ Spawn, just a little bit of a taste. I don't know, seventy four hundred. I do like a guy a little bit more below him, but JJ Spawn popped a little bit. Uh, and then it wasn't terrible So at the Travelers. So I'll, I'll get on him again at 7,400. Uh, Max Homa, definitely like him. He's popping. He's, again, in those categories, mainly with the scoring. Birdies are better. DK points, par five. Get me those birdies. Let's go. Um, make the cut, too. I think it'd be fine for that. Uh, other than that, Michael Thompson, he's sort of my gut play. Uh, not going to pop in any model. Hasn't played since, I believe, the Memorial. But 7300 I don't know why. It just seems a little bit cheap for him um, from what we're used to, you know, in the start of the season that he had. He's in that range, I guess. But, I, you know, normally 75 78 and you feel like in a weaker field, he'd be a little bit more even. Uh, so don't mind him. Roberto Diaz was popping last week, just pure recent form, one tournament. I'll go off of it. Uh, I'll, I'll play a little more Zach Sucre. I, I don't care what happened to him and I know it was life changing and all that, but maybe that's the confidence to keep it going. Right. I don't think he's going to go out and blow the money. We know he's got credit card debt. He got to pay off. So uh, I think he's fine to come back and get another check this week. I I can see him doing it. He can put up the points, right? He can score uh, for you, but you know, I know it's tough after the week we just saw to go back to it, but I think that's a good reason for tournaments. A lot of people won't. And then my third and final T3PO, and then I'll recap them. Um, a couple people are talking about Brian Stewart because the uh, the Detroit narrative. I think he's one of two in the field, and I'll bring up the other guy after with a little story on him. But uh, Brian Stewart, he's good on approach. Uh, he's the Detroit native. I saw a little bit of talk about him on Twitter today because people are looking for that narrative with it being the first time there and whatever. So uh, I do like Sam Burns over him, though. So my, my third T3PO is going to be Sam Burns over Brian Stewart. I think everyone thinks that Burns can just play on Bermuda, much like they say about Mitchell on POA. The sample sizes are way too small to calculate that or figure that out yet. Um, so just going off some recent form and some stats, solid on birdies are better, solid in DK scoring. He's first in par 5 scoring in the last 24 rounds. Uh, it, I mean, all we really have to go off here is recent form. So I'm good with that. And he's ranked fifth in putting. And it hasn't been on Bermuda. So, I mean, for me, that's fine. I think it'll be a sneaky play at 7,100 to fit in your lineups. He's ranked 28th overall in the model. So, uh, I think he's fine there. So, to recap him quick, it's going to be Woodland over Fowler. It's going to be Aaron Wise over Kokrak. And it's going to be Sam Burns over Brian Stewart to wrap it up. 
All right, so people I like in this range. One guy who's going to go really overlooked. Again, another single-digit ownership possibility GPP play is Cameron Smith. He hasn't been playing really good golf uh, recently, even though he played really well earlier in the year. His game sort of been falling off, but maybe a Donald Ross course will help him out since he is actually the uh, has the the highest DK point average on Donald Ross courses uh, in this field. Now he's played ten rounds at Donald Ross courses, and he's averaging almost twenty five points. Uh, around uh, on Donald Ross courses in his career. So maybe this could be the type of course that gets him back in the good playing like he did earlier in the year in the West Coast swing. Uh, I think he might be under 5% owned, like 3% owned or something like that. So Cam Smith, I like as a GPB play, contrarian play that I like in this range. Um, other guys I do like, I do like JJ Spawn, like you. Um, I do like... Um, Wyndham Clark a little bit. He showed up a little bit last week. I think his driver uh, could be very, very useful uh, here. He's fourth in birdie or better gain in the last 50 rounds in this field. He crushes par fives. So he's another guy that I'll be taking a peek at again this week. Uh, uh, Sam Burns, another guy I do like. Alex Prue. Prue, uh, I still can't pronounce his name. Back to back top twenty fives for like the, I think one of the first times in his career. So he's been you know, hopefully he can ride that momentum to a, another solid finish. And again, another guy who's pretty good off the tee. Um, yeah, that's probably going to be it in the seven K range. I might sprinkle a little bit of a couple of other guys, but that's probably going to be it. So let's move on to the six K range. And you know, there's not too many to talk about here, but there's some. Uh, like Hank Lebiota is a guy that I do like. In this range, it's $6,900. Another guy who just tends to make a lot of birdies uh, whenever he plays. Top 10 in birdie or better gained in this field in the last 50 rounds. Again, another guy who crushes par fives. That's going to be a necessity this week. And I like, I like Trey Mullinax, who's right there with him at $6,900. Again, um, you know, lot, crushes par fives, good off the tee. So I do like him. Um, one guy that sort of maybe not many people will talk about will be uh, Scott Langley. Uh, I think he's like 6,400 or no, 6,600 uh, this week. He's, he's tied with Cam Smith um, for the most DK points per round at Donald Ross courses in their careers. He's actually has a little bit larger sample size than Cam Smith. He's played 14 rounds at uh, Donald Ross courses and he's averaging just about 25 points DK points per round. Uh, so you get that from a $6,600 golfer. You'll go ahead and take that. I'll also take a peek at Ali Snyderjans at 6,800. He's fourth um, in a little bit smaller sample size, only six rounds, but he's averaging about 24 DK points per round uh, on Donald Ross courses in his career. Uh, he's actually, it has, on average, he is not losing any strokes on any stroke gain category at Donald Ross courses in his career. Uh, so that's something to think about with Ollie, even though, again, he's not playing that great. But the thing is, most of these guys in the 6K range aren't really playing great. Um, I know there's one guy you like. Why don't you go and talk about him in the 6K range there, Tampa? Okay, guys, just so you know, Kenny is so nice because I know you want to take this play, but for the one time we talked about a play at the top of the show and then he saved it for me. So, Kenny, I really appreciate the love, brother. You want to let me shout out my guy, Sepp Straka. $6,900. I know you like him too. Think about him and what I wanted to go off on. He That's how I probably saved it for me is six straight uh, events, strokes gain, tee to green uh, in the positive, five straight off the tee, six straight on approach. And last week, even though he missed the cut, he actually, for the two rounds he did play, he was the leader in strokes gain, tee to green. So again, it's not saying he's going to go off and win the whole thing. Maybe a good top 20 bet. I'm going a little bit crazier in the betting market. We'll get to that. But uh, I don't mind him. And at 6900 bucks, popping up everywhere. Last 24 rounds. Top 10, well, 11th in ball striking. Top 10 in approach. Greens and reg. Birdies are better. And then he's 25th in 125 to 150 and first in 150 to 175. For 6900 bucks. I don't care if the chalk gets there. I normally don't like chalkier guys at lower prices. I'm sure he'll get up there this week. But we've seen it this year where a guy at 6,900 hasn't really been that popular, right? No matter how much people talk him up, he ends up at like 10%. And that means there's nine out of every 10 lineups that don't have him, right? To quote my great friend Gup. That's what he talks about every week on Gupscorner.com in his final thoughts. Doesn't matter at a guy at 10% when 9 out of 10 don't have him, if that's going to sway you off. Yes, you can play some other guys you mentioned. Uh, I do like some others as well here. I liked Hank. 
You take a Lebiota is strong. One that didn't get mentioned was Streb. Pure recent form. He's not going to pop anywhere, but last week looked good. Um, last two times out, actually, I think he's got a 21st and a 34th, 6,800. He's a guy we've seen in the past that can get a little bit streaky and sort of just pop up out of nowhere and be in the top 10 going into Saturday. Maybe he disappears a little bit, but at 6,800, that could pay some value. Uh, Andrew Landry liked him a lot last week. He's got the, you know, the 125 to 150, the 150 to 75 dialed in. Uh, other than that, let me just go down my list here. Back on Ryder a little bit. He's okay. Was off him last week, but saw enough to say, okay, maybe pop him in a few. think uh, Sean Stefani is a guy that's been doing a little bit lately, kind of like him. And then the last guy, story time of the week. Last time it didn't work out. We swayed it off the pod last week with Devin Bling uh, when he came dead fucking last after the, st- the story of a lifetime. <laughs> but this week's guy, Joey Garber, uh, $6,300. Couple lineups I'm talking, guys, right? You're putting 50 lineups, one. You're putting 100, maybe two. He's $6,300. I'm not saying to go nuts, um, but he's the other Detroit native in the field. He's pumped to be here. He's played this course at the Horton Invitational back when he was in high school. They have it here every year. He's seen it a couple times, uh, and he, he knows what this course takes to win. He's a guy that has been quoted as saying he thinks this is going to be a 22 to 25 under week. He knows the course. So, uh, you know, I got to take his word a little bit, hence where my stats are going and why I'm liking some of these guys. And for 6,300, I got to take a flyer on the local kid. Uh, he's a he's random, right? He'll pop up at certain times. We've seen him at certain events where, uh, you know, 27th at the Canadian Open, 29th at the Byron, 10th at the Puerto Rico Open, which is a scoring event. Um, so, I don't know, 6,300, I'll take a little flyer. Other than that, I got nobody else to talk about. Kenny, do you got anybody else in this low 6K range? I'm good, man. Go ahead and take us to the betting segment there, Tambo. For sure. Guys, betting segment brought to you by betql.co. Uh, full revamp to their website. You definitely want to head out and check it out. We all we always talk about the app that you can download, which is still what you want to get. Uh, available on the App Store, on iTunes, and Android app, on Google Play. Uh, but they've got betting, daily fantasy, season long. Uh, they're covering all sports. They're adding a ton of content. As far as the app goes, we talk about it all the time. But you're going to be looking at value bets money line movement, uh, who the public is on, all that sort of stuff. So go to betql.co, download the app. As far as it goes this week, Kenny, you know, I'm really so heavy on DJ that uh, I got to figure out what I'm doing with him because I don't have him available for one and done or anything, obviously. But um, I might do like a double with him and Rom or something overseas. Uh, They're both like six to one or whatever it is, but who cares? But covering it up, I got three bets. I got more at 33 to one. I got Nick Watney, who we talked about. I got him at 70 to 1 with the each way. And then the long shot I took is Straka, as I mentioned. I'm a little crazier with him now. I got him at 200 to 1 with the each way. And then I'm also going to wait. The top 20 should come out, or it might be out by now. And I'm going to add him as a top 20 just as a backup. But I will have a lot of him in DFS as well. Who do you got this week, Kenny, as far as bets are concerned? I, I, I have a lighter card. I'm going to go Neiman at 40 to 1 this week. Uh, Malnati at 100 to 1 and Luke List at 80 to 1. I'm sure I'll add some more um, outrights and I'll probably <laughs> add some top 10s and top 20s as well. But those are going to be my three main bets. So Neiman, Malnati, and List this week. All right. So who you got for one and done? Got to dig into the chest, man. I like, I've been talking about him nonstop this whole podcast. I thought he could get a little bit more going last week, but Ryan Moore is going to be my one and done pick for the week. I'm going Joaquin the Dream Neiman this week. For my one and done, I think this could be the the event uh, where he finally gets that W or at least comes close to it. So I'm going Joaquin the Dream. All right. Anything else? We, uh, why don't you go over where you can find you, Tambo? Yeah, we talked about it before. Gupscorner.com, guys. Want to head over there. We've got a lot of new signups lately. Uh, it's an awesome community. The Slack is packed full of, you know, two weeks in a row now. we got 20K winners. Uh, you know, the guy we talked about a couple weeks ago had, you know, sixth or whatever in the Millie Maker for 20K. At the U.S. Open this past week, another guy, 20K, uh, you know, it's popping off over there. It's not always just, you know, Gup, myself, Bucks, those guys winning. Uh, it's all about the community, all about everybody winning. And we're rooting them on just as hard every Sunday in the Slack. So Gupscorner.com, use the promo code DGEN10. Add me on Twitter, at ToeTag and Tambo. I had a lot of guys reach out to me, DM me, ask questions, go for it. Uh, I'm here to help. Kenny? Uh, you can find me at KendoVT on Twitter. 
Um, go ahead and, you know, I have post some stuff there all the time. I'm on Twitter all the time. And then you can find me at an article on powerhourpod.com. All right. That's going to be it for this week, guys. Let's win some motherfucking money, DJ Nation. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. The been thinking about McDonald's all day. Can't get it off my mind. I can already taste it. Ooh, got my mind on my mouth and my mouth ready for some Mickey D's deal. There's a deal for every moment at McDonald's. Right now, get two of your favorites for just $3.50. Mix and match a classic McChicken, a hot and spicy McChicken, or a juicy McDouble. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Single item at regular price. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com